Now, maybe it was a week, or maybe it was a little longer. However you count it, the DC Comics new Spinner Rack is back. Great thing about something like the Spinner Rack, it exists outside of time. Always there, always ready, always holding a new collection of comic books for us to sort through. And this week, just like every week, I'm going to pick what I believe are my top five choices. What is this and who am I? Well, this is the DC Comics new Spinner Rack. This is episode number 30, and I am your extremely lucky host, Seth Singleton. Back from a short excursion to address family needs, family business, and more importantly, to come back to you refreshed and ready to talk about that one thing that keeps us all coming back each and every week, each and every Wednesday, each and every book. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 30. Let's go ahead and dive right in. My first choice is Black Adam, a Year of the Villain one-shot, appropriately titled number one, although if they chose to do more issues, I can guarantee I would pick them up simply based on all the great things I experienced in this book. In the story, The Power of One, we get to see the great combination of writer Paul Jenkins, artist Naki Miranda, with colors by Hi-Fi, letters by Tom Napolitano, a cover by John Romita Jr., Klaus Johnson, and Alex Sinclair. If you hear a little bit of rumbling in the background, that would be my always faithful compatriot, Bruno the French Bulldog, snoring away because... It was not too early for him to get a walk or breakfast, but it's certainly too early for him to stay up right now. I love Black Adam. I've really appreciated everything that I experienced with him since I had a chance to see the masterful job that was done with the character by Jeff Johns way back in that weekly series called 52. And in that series, I had the chance to experience what Black Adam could be. His potential is more than just an enemy. And the challenges of what it would mean for someone like him to come to the present and try to reassume leadership of a country that has been so terribly damaged by conflict and strife like Kandak. And yet it's the story of the power of one that really does an amazing job of illustrating what that has come to mean for Black Adam since his appearance in 52 and his iterations in Rebirth and the developments that have come with that. The maturity that I really enjoyed was on display here when we see Black Adam facing down the Shazam Who Laughs, a character who recently made an appearance in the Batman vs. Superman storyline and shows us a very evil concept when considering the possibilities of someone like Billy Batson and his alter ego Shazam being corrupted by the horrors of the dark multiverse, I guess would be the first part, but also the influence of the Batman who laughs. And yet, for all the malevolence, for all of the anger, it's the potential behind Black Adam that makes this story such an enjoyable experience. Black Adam points 
to uh, a concern and a question at the beginning of the issue, what will become the future? It has, in so many versions of itself, been ruled by dictators. And through that, its people have struggled to find independence, their own voices, and ways to express what they believe are human rights, personal freedoms. But Black Adam is well aware that the desire for those things is always met by the outside conflicts that Kondog must be aware of. But that faith in the people and a belief in the power that not only they, but that the land of Kondog possesses, when those who fight for it are willing to listen, becomes crucial in this story. And while Shazam laughs has quite the advantage early on it's the ability of black adam to recognize forethought planning and a reliance on more than just his own strength that shows again that maturity that i'm really intrigued by now while this wasn't written by jeff johns i in many ways felt his fingerprints his influence the ability that he has to bring humanity out in some of the most unlikely characters and how in doing so and it's this amazing ability of black adam to recognize when and where to take the upper hand and then also once he finally takes the upper hand in this fight and has an opportunity to potentially end the life of the shazam who laughs he instead chooses to go another route to use his maturity and his strength for a purpose and a direction and instead he leaves shazam who laughs this twisted version of billy batson with a message and i think it's one that every reader who gets the chance to pick up this book should experience for themselves not one that i want to take away from you but it's part of the reason why I love starting off an episode with a book like this, because this one is a solid five out of five in my book for all the great reasons I listed below. And if you can find problems with it, I would love to hear what those might be. There's a chance I might agree with you, but there's just as likely of a chance that it won't be enough to change my score. Let's go ahead and move on to my second choice after a great discussion about Black Adam, you're the villain number one. And for that second choice, I'm going to go with Action Comics number 1016, something I really enjoyed for more than a few reasons. One, I have to be honest, I like what's been happening in Action Comics since the introduction of Naomi's character last issue and what she means for the potential to showcase not only what has been a Superman comic, but a rising hero that Superman can potentially have a great deal of influence and an impact on. And showcasing her in action comics is a great way to fold her into the larger DC Comics universe and to provide myself and all those other fans with just a little more of a character that I and I believe many have come to love. In this story, Coming of Age, we get the talented combination of Brian Michael Bendis, 
with Sizamon Kudransky on art, Brad Anderson on colors, Dave Sharp on letters, with Jamal Campbell providing the cover, and Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair providing the variant cover. Really been enjoying the stuff I've been seeing from Alex Sinclair on these different colors. Um, I really feel like it's a, a gift for those of us who have seen just what is capable here on these covers. But what's inside the book, beyond the cover, is where the real magic takes place. We start with an investigation by a reporter interviewing different witnesses for a story on a new villain named Red Cloud, who appeared to have had Superman on the ropes until some timely intercedence by our newest hero, Naomi. Overall, there have been many villainous characters who have, on first, second, or even third appearance, been able to gain the upper hand when it comes to fighting with Superman. As one of the witnesses described, this one just had his number. And while that can be a valid consideration, it's also a recognition that Superman doesn't always get the upper hand right away. And just like any confrontation, sometimes the one who's quicker with more to lose and quickly able to run away can be perceived as the victor, at least in the early rounds. But this time, when Superman is on the ropes and clearly out of his element or unable to stop this new foe, we get to see more of the Naomi that we've come to love in her own original series and how she interacts with classic characters. After her appearance last issue, she was brought to the Hall of Justice, which is where Batman and Superman were working to understand her power set and what to be done with her next. So when Naomi becomes aware of the conflict that Superman is involved in, she refuses to listen to Batman. She reacts by focusing on what she believes is the most important thing. And that's helping Superman. When Batman suggests that she doesn't understand her powers yet and she should wait, she quickly points out that that's not really her style. And there's this very faint smirk on the lips of Batman. Naomi does a great job. When she steps in, she helps out Superman. And we later get the chance to see her meeting her mom after everything that's happened and introducing her mom to Superman and Batman. Some really great fun moments here, especially when she sort of gets a little flustered by the appearance of Batman and gushes a little bit more to Naomi's dismay than she would prefer. And also when Batman, despite his desire to be a good influence, begins warning Naomi's mother of all the dangers that Naomi's incredible powers can place her in, not only by making her lazy and dependent, but by potentially putting her life at risk should she choose to stay on as a hero. There's a lovely moment when after all that's done, Superman says, so what you mean to say is congratulations on being a hero? <laughs> and Batman joins in with a delayed understanding. 
It's moments like this and so many others that really make the appearance of Naomi in Action Comics 1016, 1016, whatever your numbers are, such a joy. And it's why I'm looking forward to seeing just how much further we can see Naomi showcase her talents and her abilities to become a larger part of the DC Universe through interactions with characters like Superman, Batman, and hopefully the rest of the Justice League. This was another fine book, a solid performance. While I'm not a regular reader of action comics or one who often chooses it for the spinner rack, I really felt that this book shined, and it's why I'm proud to give it a solid 4 out of 5. And with that score, we're going to take a quick break, step away to provide you with some lovely information from those oh-so-wonderful ads you've come to expect after selection number two and right before selections number three, four, and five right here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. Tune in for these great messages and then come right back so that we can share my choices those final three choices with you. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hey there, everybody. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News. Are you planning on heading to Wizard World Comic Con sometime this year? Well, we have a great deal for you. If you are planning to do so, you can get 10% off your ticket purchase by using the code DCNEWS at checkout. That's D-C-N-E-W-S at checkout to save 10% off your tickets for Wizard World. And that's for any city that, uh, that they will be doing. So make sure you head over to www.wizardworld.com tickets and use the code DCNEWS for 10% off. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Well, thank you again for your patience and for coming back after you've hopefully been so impressively informed 
by those great advertisements and all the information contained within. Now that you've had your fill, let's go ahead and move on to my third, fourth, and fifth choices for this DC Comics New Spinner Rack episode number 30. My third choice is Aquaman Annual number 2. A really great story titled Dark Clouds with the writing combination of Kelly Sue DeConnick and Vita Ayala and the collaboration with Victor Ibanez on art, J. David Ramos on the colors, Clayton Cowles providing the letters, with covers by Victor Ibanez, and I should have said cover. For some reason in my brain, I thought this was one with a variant. I set myself up for that awkward moment. Moving right along, Dark Clouds, an appropriate story for me to make a mistake in because it's the ominous presence of the symbol of doom in the sky one we've been seeing in the very last page of many issues of different dc comics titles makes its appearance on the first page and it points to a sinister feeling hanging over the community in amnesty there's something about darkness and the ominous quality of that symbol that really seems to change the tone of the town and the way that people treat each other. And it's an impressive story when Aquaman is constantly beset by little, very almost trivial problems and how powerful and compounded they feel under the weight of that doomsday symbol. Whether it's an attack by a very errant and unfortunate attempting villain by the name of Sea Daddy. Go ahead and say that to yourself a few times, and if you start laughing, you can pause this until you've collected yourself. I have gotten it all out of my system. It's the only reason I'm able to press on the way that I am. But after that humorous beginning, the calamity that follows is one that the rest of the town must work together to try and overcome, and yet feels part of the hopelessness that everyone is experiencing. This comes to a crux with the disappearance of Aquaman's dog, Salty, and a growing sense of fear that has been gnawing at him, something that's been pulling at him, and when he finally gives in to its possibility, he's taught a very powerful lesson about just how we, in our attempt individually, to be more than the events surrounding us can even then become unaware when they unfortunately infect us. And how through that infection, their ability to get under our skin can lead to a very powerful experience and also potentially expose an area that either we weren't paying attention to or we were not aware of and yet the importance in acknowledging that and what the potential ramifications could be extremely powerful elements in great storytelling the art the tone the feeling from the characters everything worked so well to set up this story and provide the great moments of illumination that came later i'm i'm always happy when i get a chance to come back 
to an episode of the Spinner Rack and have such a great mix of titles. And when I can so unabashedly say that this too is a title that receives a five out of five and one that not only did I enjoy reading, but I'm enjoying getting the chance to share with you. Let's go ahead and step away. We've got two more left. Now for my fourth choice, I'm going to proudly talk about Flash number 81, one that I felt really did a great job of introducing just how important the Flash, the Speed Force, and all the new forces that have been unlocked in the recent storylines of the Flash are going to be to the current Doom storyline. We've already seen through Justice League how the Still Force can be employed and how powerful it can be. And now, through this newest issue, Flash number 81, we have the chance to see how the effect, while not the prominent feature of this issue, which focuses more on uncovering a truth, Hunter Zolomon working against the Flash to defeat the Black Flash, only to realize through the help of Barry Allen that the death of Hunter Zolomon's partner, mentor, that set him on a path to a darker future is one that was created by Eobard Thawne, who had provided a weapon to a serial killer known as the Clown, even though the weapon that was provided was not part of the Clown's traditional M.O. It was this change in tactic that led to the death of Zolomon's mentor and set him on a dark future that would eventually cause him to collide with the Flash along with numerous other heroes. Now Eobard Thawne has a history of ruining the lives of speedsters. First the Flash, now Hunter Zolomon. Why is it? That's a mystery to be solved later, but what it does to Hunter Zolomon is leads him on a path that not only brings about a resolution for those who are trying to escape the Black Flash and his desire to destroy the other powers that were, in effect, killing the Speed Force, but also the appearance towards the end of the story of Perpetua, the impact her appearance begins to have on the character of Steadfast, who is now the avatar or central embodiment of the Still Force, and how through that, we will get a chance to see just how important this story is going to come into play. More importantly, because all sort of unbeknownst to the Flash, but something that has been on the radar of Avery and Kid Flash, is the knowledge that the rogues, led by Captain Cold, have been working with the new tech Luther has been providing to villains all over the world. And that the moment of this appearance of Perpetual and the symbol of doom in the sky just so happens to be the moment when the rogues make their move. I can only imagine what the next few issues are going to bring about and what we'll get to see and experience. But in this great story, Death and the Speed Force, written by Josh Williamson, Featuring great art by Scott Collins, colors by Luis Guerrero, letters by Steve Wands, 
and a cover by Rafa Sandoval, Jordan Tarragona, and Tomu Mori that I absolutely enjoyed almost as much as the Gia March variant cover of The Flash Stretching. There's just something about it. You'll have to see it to get what I'm talking about or to experience the excitement you might have just heard in my voice. But let me tell you that what I enjoyed from it is something that I think other fans will experience and hopefully share. On that note, my pleasure to happily give Flash number 81 a solid 4 out of 5 and bring us up to our final choice. And for my fifth and final choice, I am happy to talk to you today about Wonder Woman number 81 in the finale of Loveless, written by G. Willow Wilson, pencil by Tom Derenick, with inks by Trevor Scott and Scott Hanna. Careful on that switch up there. Romelu Fajardo Jr. offering up beautiful colors in collaboration with Pat Brousseau's Letters, and a great cover by Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairbairn, with the variant cover by Jenny Frisson. Now, why the story of Loveless? Well, you've, you've been following along. The story of Loveless is focused on the fact that Cheetah using the God Killer has slain the goddess of love and left the world changed completely. Most importantly, Diana who has always fought on the behalf of and on the inspiration of love. And without it, she's been adversely affected. Using the God Killer, Cheetah has broken Diana's bracelets and defeated her on countless occasions in the previous issues leading up to this story. But Love doesn't actually die. The Avatar, the goddess, might be out of the picture, but the element they represented always finds a new host. And when Atlantiades, the child of the goddess of love, moves beyond her own selfish desires to have Diana for her own, and instead thinks about what Diana needs, and using that inspiration seeks out Steve Trevor to bring him to Diana so that together they can be the support Wonder Woman needs. It's then that Atlantiades achieves I guess her final step in becoming the new goddess of love and empowered as such she is able to transfer her and Steve quickly to Wonder Woman's side and to robe her in the garments she requires in order to take down her foe. I think this is one of those moments where we will get to see just how it's possible for the heroes to ever turn the tide against this rising doom that has afflicted so many characters, so many issues, and the lives of DC Comics fans over this summer. The idea that something so simple and profound as love and selflessness could be an answer is something I expect to play out in more than one title 
and it's why I was so glad to see it so appropriately and impressively done in this great story that embodies the ideals that make Diana so great and also makes her stories for all their otherworldliness feel so human, so personal, and so easy for us as people to identify with. It's my pleasure to give Wonder Woman number 81 a very strong 4 out of 5, and to end this episode, episode number 30 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, on such a great title and a great story. Hope you enjoyed joining me for this great discussion, mostly one-sided, but when you leave me your comments, thoughts, opinions, scores, and more, I feel like it actually becomes a great dialogue. And just how do you do that? Well, thanks for sticking around so I can share that information with you. When it comes to social media, you can find those of us here from DC Comics News just about everywhere. Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube, all you have to do is use the at symbol and the single word of DC Comics News to go ahead and pin us, tag us, earmark us with your note, your thought, your comment, your agreement and support, your disagreement and questions, all that and more. And if you want to tie it to me specifically, you can either hashtag my name, Seth Singleton, or hashtag the DCN, Spinner Rack. And to make sure you never miss out, or can share this with all of your friends. DC Comics News is available on all the major podcast platforms. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play, just look for DC Comics News. Then subscribe. And if you haven't already, rate and even leave us a review. We love to read them. We love to share them, and I'm looking forward to some funny ones that I can bring and share with you when you leave them for me, and when they're appropriate enough that I can safely share them on these friendly airwaves. This has been the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. And before I sign off, I wanted to remind you that each and every week you can find many, sometimes regular members of the DC Comics News staff talking over all the events and news about the DC World, DC Universe, DC Comics, movies, television, streaming, and more right here on the DC Comics News podcast. That's weekly. Again, subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And you'll get a chance to jump in now on the ground floor. And the amazing Steve J. Ray who you might have heard on the DC Comics News podcast in the past, has been episode by episode breaking down the legendary, the iconic, the seminal Batman animated series in the DC Comics News podcast series, I Am the Night, hosted by Steve J. Ray and an amazing assortment of guests and contributors it's a series you can only find here on the DC Comics News Podcast, and it's one that I encourage you to catch up on now, because you know there are many episodes of Batman the Animated Series ahead, and why wait to get on board and enjoy a great breakdown 
from one of the most enthusiastic, if not the most enthusiastic fan you might have ever come across. With that, and so many recommendations out there for you, I'm going to go ahead and step away, let you catch up on all that great DC Comics news podcast goodness, and then look forward to joining you next time, right here on the DC Comics news, Spinner Rack. Until then, read more comics.